Welcome to another podcast by InsideCarolina.com, the independent voice of UNC sports. Your home for Tar Heel football, basketball, and recruiting. I'm your host, Tommy Ashley. I'm joined by Greg Barnes, live from the Ritz in Charlotte. Greg, you're at ACC Media Day. Roy Williams' press conference wrapped up not too long ago. And, Greg, let's get right into this basketball deal. I mean, the biggest news is Joel Berry breaking his hand. That news, of course, came out a few days ago. The update is that it was as a result of a video game issue. Cannot say that uh, I find that, or I can say that I don't find that hard to believe. I know how it is playing those games. My children do as well. Your take on Roy Williams' mood regarding that injury and regarding the way it happened, Greg? Well, Tommy, I think Roy's response was the response that pretty much everybody listening to this had. And if you happen to be a parent, it's kind of the same response you would have there. Just he said that he was he was actually driving to Charlotte on Sunday when he got the call from the trainer, and he said his initial reaction is, "You have got to be kidding me!" And the funny thing was, he didn't seem to be too terribly upset. Obviously, not happy that it happened. But he kind of joked around and said that uh, he remembers playing a, a ping pong game with somebody and he lost. And so what does he do? He throws the ping pong paddle through a window. And I think that speaks to Roy's competitive drive. And I think that also speaks to Joel's competitive drive that even in silly things like video games and ping pong, they want to win so bad. And that's one of the reasons both of those guys have had the success that they've had. Indeed. I mean, we've heard all heard the stories of Michael Jordan uh, beating up Steve Kerr in practice and other issues with uh, any competitive athlete is going to have that. And even some of us that are not competitive athletes still do not like to lose in whatever sport or video game or whatever it is. But Greg, one thing that's come out of this is that a lot of guys are getting some practice experience running the team and I think as we talked about a little bit before we started this podcast is that Theo Pinson's really stepping up and stepping into a much bigger role yeah for sure and I think we we know what Joe Barry is right he's he's the leader of the team uh he's the engine that makes everything go he's he's the the tough little nut as as Roy likes to call him but Pinson is that do everything type player that I think is critical for a team like this that has so many new pieces, so many question marks. He can fill so many roles. And so it really shouldn't come as a surprise to anybody that when Roy's talking about the guys that are playing point guard right now, it's Seventh Woods, it's Jalik Felton. None of those guys were surprises. Number three, Theo Pinson. And Theo talked about how uh, after the injury to, to Joel, he came in on Monday this week, looked at the practice plan. He was listed as a sub at the one at the two, at the three, and also at the four. And he said he's never seen that before in a practice plan. Uh, But Roy trusts him, and Roy understands that Theo is a senior now. He's a leader. He's the best playmaker on the team. That's Roy's words. Um, So there's a lot of confidence in what Theo can bring. He's going to do a lot of different things. The other interesting element with Theo is that uh, Luke May kind of said the same thing, but Roy emphasized that Joel Berry is the leader on this team. He's competitive. He's tough. Uh, he didn't take really junk from anybody. And the one player that can really call Joel down when he does something wrong is Theo. 
and that Joel actually listened to Theo. And so having that counterbalance is very important. So a lot of key things that Theo can bring to this team, both on the court through leadership uh, and then just cutting up and having fun in the locker room as well. Yeah, big time plus there to have those guys. They're such good friends, obviously, and then on the court it certainly translates. Another thing that uh, Roy talked about a little bit was Luke May and how May's confidence is growing. You know, he's played well. He hit the big shot against Kentucky everybody wants to talk about. But what people don't see, I think, is how hard he works at practice and on his game away from practice. Greg, speak to that and your thoughts on Roy Williams' comments on that. Yeah, the interesting thing with with Luke is in talking with Luke today, uh, he's talking about, hey, you know, I, I was in, went out to shoot balls late, and Cam Johnson was there. So he's talking up Cam, you're coming and getting an extra work. And he's talking about these other guys. And while he's saying all this, what you're hearing is, okay, these other guys are doing it, but I'm also doing it as well. And he kind of expects that out of himself. Uh, and I, I think more than anything, and, and this, is, this is just me as a journalist, kind of learning about how some of these guys work, but you always see them come in as, as freshmen and sophomore, and they're very nervous around media. They're not comfortable. They're trying to make sure they say the exact right thing. Luke's kind of past that, and he's a junior now, so he's very comfortable today sitting down, talking with us, and sharing his ideas and stuff. And that, to me, speaks volumes about how a kid progresses because very rarely is a kid like that with the media and then he's nervous on the court. It just doesn't happen that way. Uh, and so he, he's grown as a leader. And then like you know, Roy has said, as you mentioned, he really talked about how Luke is ready to make that next step. He, he works incredibly hard. That gives him confidence. He's had success now. He had the shot. So he's, he's understood what it takes to have some of those things go his way. And that's just where experience comes in. And that's how these guys learn and how they get better. And so now he can actually help the younger guys, and no longer is he the one looking up to guys like Bryce and Kennedy and Isaiah for help. Now other guys are looking up to him. So it really just kind of speaks to the evolution of a player. I know Pinson was there at media day, and what did you glean from him? We've already talked about he's the jack of all trades, but what's something maybe you took away from his interview that maybe our listeners would not pick up on had they not been there? Well, I think the fact primarily with Theo is, is that he, he is the uh, one of the leaders with, with Joel, which we knew. But him and Roy still kind of go back and forth at each other. He was talking about how Roy was not happy with practice yesterday, uh, and Roy had him running. And we asked Roy about it, and Roy was like, yeah, well, I, I think Theo's saying that. He's an indication that he's more interested in being a comedian after he gets done with basketball than being an actual basketball player. And so they just continually go back and forth at one another. But Theo just he sits and he talks about all of his teammates and everything they can provide, how good he thinks his team can be. One thing that you will hear coming out of this is last year we all talked about how that text message chain between all the players, the title of it was Redemption. That's how we all kind of build our storylines off that in the postseason. Well, Theo's pushing the idea of why not? As in, why not us? to be one of the few teams that ever get a three straight Final Fours, why not be the only only the third team in the modern era to win back-to-back championships? And the fact that he has so much confidence in himself and his teammates, you know, why not? Well, why can't it happen? Uh, they have a long way to go. A lot of things have to kind of fall in, in line for them. 
uh, but they've done it before. They, they, they've been able to do it. So that kind of talk, you know, Joe Barry really jump-started that last year. It uh, seems like Penson's kind of pushing that forward to start this year. Penson, certainly the playmaker. Roy Williams says best playmaker on the team. Any discussion about Seventh Woods and Jalick Felton? They'll clearly get plenty more opportunities now that Barry's out into the season. That's got to bode well for this North Carolina team because, let's face it, the college basketball season is a grind. And we talk about injuries on the football field way too much for North Carolina. But in basketball, they happen, and they've happened often to North Carolina. So getting these guys up and ready to go is a is a plus if there's any plus coming out of Barry's injury. Yeah, for sure. And you know, Penson talked about that is you know, you cannot have Joel Barry playing forty minutes a game. We all know that he played a lot of minutes late last year. Part of that was because Kenny Williams got hurt, so they were a little bit limited and Seventh Woods hadn't quite gotten to the point where he could take critical minutes. Uh but especially early this year, there's no reason whatsoever to rely on Joel to play a lot of minutes even before ACC season starts. And so now that he's out for the first couple games, it gives even more opportunity to Seventh Woods and to Jaleek Felton. Uh, we know that Felton has, has been taking a lot of those reps uh, with with the ones uh, and with the twos, even before Joel got uh, injured. So uh, I think Felton probably you know, this is his opportunity to shine. Uh, seventh, we know he's made a little bit of progress. He's got to keep keep coming along and, and making better decisions to be able to help this team out this year. But I think you, you, you never like to see your star player get hurt. But to your point, Tommy, I think the, the opportunity is there for a lot of these guys to get uh, playing time and to get practice time with the ones and the twos. And like Roy said, I mean, they're three weeks into practice, and he, he really doesn't know about any kind of rotations right now. He said what he is trying to do, and it'll probably be this way up into the exhibition on Friday night, is he just wants the guys out there playing. He doesn't want anybody coming in thinking there's any kind of hierarchy, especially the younger guys. He wants them to come in playing every day in practice, thinking that playing time is there for them. So once he gets past the exhibition, then he'll start thinking about, okay, I want this guy and this guy on the floor together to see how they do. He had not got to that point yet. So a lot of opportunities for all these guys especially with Seventh Woods and Angelique Felton, to be able to prove that they can actually run the team while Barry's sidelined. Yeah, one of my favorite quotes from Roy Williams' presser, I've never been impressed by someone acting like they're tired. These young guys, <laughs> whether it's Felton or the big men, they're, they're learning what it's like to really be tired in these Roy Williams early, you know, throughout camp practices, aren't they? Yeah, absolutely. And that, that's part of the process is, uh, we talked about it a lot years ago, right? When you, when you had all these big-name, highly-touted kids coming in that had the high rankings and the five stars without their name, you had to teach some of those guys how to do things. And I think in the recent years, Roy hasn't necessarily gotten some of those big names. And so you've been able to get some grinders in, uh, like a Kenny Williams and a Joel Berry, who just were kind of pre-wired. And that's why they were so good, not because of talent, but because of their dedication and their work ethic. You do have guys like Bryce Johnson who had been learning the hard way, but I, but I think with some of these kids and Jaleek Felton especially, he's got a lot of talent. He's going to be a very good player. But in order to be a great player, he's got to understand how to do all the little things. And Roy Williams is going to use these opportunities, especially early in the season, uh, to make sure they understand that. And so that involves running extra 
that involves a lot of these difficult things in practice and make them realize, oh, okay, this this is what it's like to play college ball at a, at a high D1 level. When we come back from break, I'm going to talk to Greg about the ins and outs and other things at Media Day. It's always a happening event uh, in Charlotte. We'll be right back to, to talk about that. Greg, I know John Swafford talked, and a big discussion, if I heard correctly, was the one-and-done situation. I've always thought it should be like baseball. And either you go straight out of high school or you have to stay for a certain amount of time. What's your take on that? And would there be any change, in your opinion, unless the NBA wanted there to be one? Well, I think the NBA is going to be a main driver for sure. Um, I do think you know, college basketball will have a little bit of input into that. Uh, just because they you know, they want to get past the idea of uh, you know kid coming in going to school for one semester and if he so chooses he doesn't have to go to school second semester at all really um, he can just play and and leave without getting into much trouble so you know I think the schools would have to really force the NBA to, to make that change I personally think uh, kids should be able to do what they want to do you know, if you want to go straight out of high school do it. And that's that's the NBA's decision if they want to put money into you or not. We asked Roy Williams about it, and Roy he said there's not a perfect rule. And he kind of said, you know, Kobe did he make a mistake? Well, clearly not. Did LeBron make a mistake? Clearly not. But he named off some other guys uh, that came out, you know, out of high school, and they're no longer playing. And so you want to protect the kids as much as you can. You want to give them options. He was asked about the, the baseball model, which is something that Swafford you know, thought they should look into, and they probably will look into it. But Roy said, you know, he's heard from a lot of baseball coaches that there are issues there about oversigning. And that's the truth, because what happens in baseball, for those who may not know, is you can go straight out of high school, but if you come to school, you've got to stay in school for three years. The problem is, is that the draft is not until June. You don't actually have to sign until August. And so what happens is a lot of these kids will sign in June or will get drafted in June, and they'll wait to the last minute, August 15th, and sign. Well, by that time, school's already started. And so you, you end up with all these schools. You know, North Carolina's been hit a few times where they'll have you know, five, six, seven guys ultimately sign a contract, uh, and then the, the program is kind of left in a lurch. And so there, there are issues, however you want to look at it, but I think at the end of the day, I believe this. I think Roy believes this. you got to do what's best for the players, um, and that typically is giving them choices. And, uh, you know, I think for, for basketball programs, if you're looking at it from their perspective, I think at least make a kid come for two years is probably an ideal situation. You may not have to do the whole three like college baseball. But you can say, look, you can go pro out of high school, or if you come, you got to stay at least two years. I think that's something different that may be the best option for, for everybody involved. And I don't like the baseball model, the way it's set up, that you can leave a school hanging um, all the way, like you said, until after classes start, basically. But that's that's another discussion. Any other nuggets from media day that you gleaned from the process? I know there's a lot going on up there at these things. Well, I think one of the interesting things that came out this morning is that Jim Beheim Syracuse said basketball coach, uh, really raised a stink complaining about the inconsistency of the NCAA hitting him and not hitting Roy because he, he made the point that, hey, they told me I was supposed to know because it happened in my program. It doesn't happen at UNC. And 
Bayheim, I don't think he's necessarily the sharpest tool in the, in the in the shed. But what he's missing in that is that he had a, a coaching staff member, the director of basketball operations, so the equivalent of Sean May. He was the one found guilty of academic fraud because he was going into players' emails. Uh, he was found to have uh, rewritten some papers. So their coaching staff was involved with everything that was going on. That did not happen at North Carolina. So any comparisons uh, is just inaccurate. And so the fact that Roy has to waste his time here in Charlotte uh, saying, look, there are different situations. Um, you know, it's just, it's just completely different. There shouldn't be a comparison there. It's just wasting his time. That's not something he should have to talk about. But Bayham's going to Bayham. Um, and that's just one of the things he brought up. So that was that was something as a, as a side topic uh, that we had to address a little bit. But for the most part, it was a pretty clean event. Um, a lot of conversation about the one and done. Uh, Coach K is kind of in the same boat as, as Swafford in saying that he thinks you know, kind of getting rid of it is the, the way to go. Uh, but otherwise, it's just a, just a lot of conversation about basketball, which is nice. There wasn't as much talk about NCAA. There's a little bit of talk about the FBI, but not so much with the coaches. That was more with Swafford. So just a, uh, finally getting back to some basketball, some athletics, without worrying about so much talk about the NCAA mess. Good stuff, Greg. I know that this time of year is crazy busy for you and for Ross and the others with basketball starting, football still going on. Regardless of Carolina's football season, Greg Barnes is still in the middle of it. Greg, we'll talk again Thursday night, and then we'll see you. I'll see you Saturday at the Inside Carolina Tailgate Show. Enjoyed it. Have a safe trip back from Charlotte. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, man. Thanks, Tommy. Thanks for listening to InsideCarolina.com the independent voice of UNC sports, your home for Tar Heel football, basketball, and recruiting.